0: Good morning, North America. Welcome to Church Talk TV, lively talk about life, church, and church life. I'm your co-host, Dr. Bill Tenny britton and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Dr. Chris Tenny britton and we're broadcasting from our studio in Columbia, Missouri, the heartland of America. Say good morning, Chris.
1: Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Church Talk TV.
0: Chris and Bill Tenney-Britton here today to talk about the role of today's Keyword, successful lead pastor.
1: Well, to get started on this, <laughs> we were talking about it earlier. We, uh, What does successful mean, right? So we want to talk about that. And I'll, I'll start by saying...
0: Obviously, it means you'll, you're at the big church on the top of the hill, and you only work one day a week and have a big old book to go by.
1: Just like what people think. Yeah, exactly. Right? All right,
0: there you go. Hey, All thanks right. for joining us. We'll, no. Have a
1: great <laughs> week. Uh, yeah, no. Uh but, you know, I there, we're going to work with this successful pastor, but a lot of us have these um, these thoughts, right, or images, subliminal, really, right? uh, images, thoughts of what success means. And so then when we toss out questions about success, what does success look like? Uh, we hear a lot of, um, well, us uh, uh, around that, um, or there's... Uh, a defensiveness that can come in there right yep. you've seen that too a uh, defensiveness that comes up because we don't think in our own heads that we're successful or we're afraid of what someone else how, how someone else is judging us so we're not here to judge you today all all what we want to do is toss out what a successful pastor a lead pastor you may be a solo Solo pastor pastor, same deal you're the lead okay so we're talking about what a successful lead pastor looks like but uh, um, within terms of what you and your ministry could or maybe i hate this word should look like okay all right all right add
0: to that well the, the reality is is that when i have conversations with uh, folks that I'm either working with or we're talking about working together, you know, that's one of my key questions. Is so, what would success look like for you? And you pointed out today, I had a conversation, and the pastor immediately says, "Well, the success for my church would be," and there there is this collapsing of of, of you know, is it my success? Is the church a success? And is it okay that if the church you know do can I succeed? Is it okay if I succeed? As opposed to my church succeeding, and folks, it's both and. You know, if you're successful as a lead pastor, then we hope that the 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 the, um, the results of that, the outcomes of that, is of course your church should become increasingly successful. But that's not always. case
1: right and i really do want to bring that point point home is to say that we're going to look in a little bit about measurements of church growth or measurements of growth right right. success right so uh, a lot of us are going to think oh wow i'm not successful because my church isn't successful but uh, a a church can't be successful if the pastor isn't or unless you've got some really awesome leaders up there behind the pastor. Well, and, 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 and the reality that is that,
0: that often a church pastor and this is, this is a reality, the pastor can be doing what the pastor needs that's to do right. and be succeeding in those things. right and the church is undermining that's or right. you know flushing everything that's that right. the pastor doing that's and that, right that's on the church, not the pastor. Now we both stand by John Maxwell's it all rises and falls on leadership. So here's the deal. If the pastor is doing what needs to be done for success and is succeeding in those areas and the church is undermining whatever, a good leader says, either I change this or I'm out of here. You know, if you can't change it, then leave unless you're called to be a martyr or which you might be. Yeah. If you look good on wood, um, you know, might be there to, you know, go down to the ship or a hospice chaplain, you know, someone who's there to help that church pass on and, into eternity, so to speak, or right. into memory.
1: But on either one of those, you have to be really uh, clear. If you're called to be a, uh, a martyr, then be the best damn martyr there is. Right. Just remember though, what happens to martyrs, <laughs> they die. Right. Uh, and There's only been and, one
0: come back to life. Right, okay. okay. And you're not gonna be it. Well,
1: I wouldn't exactly <laughs> call him a martyr, but okay, anyways, uh, I don't wanna have that conversation with you. Uh, but, and uh, yeah, so, it, just and, and remember, is it a if it's if wait, minute, wait a minute, okay. wait, let me finish about being a martyr, okay. okay? Because they're either going to literally kill you, or are you going to kill the church and yourself and your career in there? The the other though, uh, talking about um, not being a martyr but being a hospice, hospice chaplain, then be a great hospice chaplain and help them into death, right? right. Don't don't mm-hmm. let it be a surprise and don't to them. Long,
0: don't prolong it by trying to grow it,
1: yeah. Try know, to help that's... them get a, a, a create their estate, uh, write their will, so to speak, and put all their affairs in order so that they can have a good death.
0: All right. So okay, now we, did, we need to jump into the successful piece, uh, but we did want to make sure you understood that you could be doing all the right things and still be in a church to where it's not happening. Right. And if that's the case, It's again, not
1: manifesting. That's it's right. Not right. No, yeah. The
0: outcomes aren't there. Right. And if that's the case, then it probably is time to move on. Unless you're one of the other two. So if that be the case, let's talk about the definition of success. And we want to talk about two different definitions, one of which is the traditional de- definition, which is kind of just out there. You know, we, we you get together a bunch of pastors and you'll hear lots of different, you know, hey, what's a successful pastor look like? And you'll get all sorts of answers. I agree. You know, some of the answers that you'll get was, well, the people love you. You know, you're there for for 25 years. You know, um, and, and of course, you yeah, the,
1: that's a big one. Yeah, a long yeah, time long,
0: long. longevity, right? Yeah, exactly. So, what are some of things? Some of the things you hear. I mean, you know, great yeah. preaching, great get preaching. Get invited to other places to preach yeah. in front of oh, other congregations. Yeah.
1: Definitely, definitely. Well, again, the church is growing, and that. Uh, I'm trying to think of what traditional butts and seats. I mean, you've yep, heard about and the bees, right? Butts and Butts and seeds, butts uh bucks in the plates, right. how much those butt are those butts are bringing in. Yep, uh, right? right? How right. many bucks exactly. do the butts bring?
0: Exactly. Buildings. Buildings the, the building in, and is, budgets. Are, are you building and budgets? Yeah, and budgets.
1: Hey, how big is your budget? And are you uh, are you reaching your butt right. budget?
0: And 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 are you getting paid well? Oh yeah. You know, and and so so some of those don't get me wrong, we're we're not talking about being jaded or whatever. No. We're just talking about when you get together, you just hang out. What do you all talk about? Very often, the definition of success is kind of ephemeral. It's kind of right. like, well, you know, this, this right. is what success looks like, et cetera.
1: Yeah, well, the other thing that I hear a lot about, or, or I see, actually, at pastors' gatherings, ministers' meetings, you either talk about, there's usually one or two about how great everything is. Within those terms, right, with what we're talking about, success, or we don't want to talk about it because we're not feeling, again, successful. Or we're just, it, you can get the whole crying corner, you yeah. know, that where everything is so bad. And it's easier to complain and see a whole minister's meeting. In fact, I stopped going to them years ago because everybody was complaining or posturing.
0: And, and and I just want to go on in, in those conversations, no, not the going. not the crying conversations, right. the other, But even someone doesn't cry. Well, sometimes you is, need to cry. They look at the, the the pastors will look at the successful church, the big church on the hill, and they'll throw rocks at it right. and say how oh, that, you, know, that, they, you know that you know they're preaching wrong or they the have bad theology, theology or you know uh, they're they're just pandering to the people, people and giving tickling their ears and so on. And and the reality is it's almost all of that spoken out of ignorance because we work we with really very know. large churches and very often they're doing more baptisms than churches have members and, um, yeah, and, and conversion yeah, right, baptisms. Right.
1: And <laughs> yeah, and, and here's the other piece. They have judges and, uh, you know, teachers and major, uh, you know, football players and, and whatnot. I mean, I'm just thinking about some of these churches. They, the they mayor major, shows up Yeah, up. I mean, right. and, and comes, belongs to that church, not just shows up. And, and these says, are not stupid people. They're not easily led. They're not sheep or anything right. like that. That really is where it is. That uh, that it's not about pulling wool over the people's eyes or bad theology or right. whatever. So, so, okay.
0: So again, traditional definitions are so out there that they're 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 not worth a whole lot. Right. So next thing is talk about what is, what is today? When we you talk about what's success today, and especially with the Effective Church Group right. um, and other consulting firms. I mean, I think most of our consulting firms and our competition, we're all the our same. Our colleagues. Our colleagues, yeah, exactly. We're all in the same, we're doing the same thing. We're working hard to grow the church and make disciples of Jesus. Right. The bottom line is, folks, is that we have some agreement about what that looks like. And some of those are things like, you know, butts and seats is important. You know, we're all about the numbers because the more people who are coming, the more people's lives are being transformed. We have options being transformed.
1: So is your congregation growing uh, numerically? And again, when we ask that question, so often we hear about how many people died in your church the last, uh, you know, and, and we talk about, right, for years and years, decades 've we've, uh, we've heard and then we've talked about uh oh you have to bring in so many people to make up for the deaths and the moving and transient attrition attrition we right. live in a high transient uh, time nowadays in most of our communities but that's one of the modern so
0: when when you talk about attendance there's another piece of that attendance and that is how many first-time visitors are you getting when I talk about first-time visitors I'm not talking about you get to count five who came from one household and came in one car you know when I talk about house when I talk about visitors the number of visitors count it's households how many households showed up per month per week per year
1: and how many returned
0: and well that's the next question is how many of those returned because you got first time visitors then how many become returning guests right and those are numbers that we we track and they're important to track because again if you're not well and here's we're going to go into the next piece which is if you're not measuring for success then you'll never know whether you're succeeding or not it'll just either look good sound good or you know,
1: or you think you can fly under the radar?
0: Right. Exactly. Right. And so, you, so let's talk about some of those metrics of success. And you've done some work with have, us, and you, I have. She, she, she's I have to pull them
1: out her. because I can't remember right. them at the six <laughs> matrix points. of
0: success. Essentially, I believe is what six, you have.
1: Yeah. Ways. Oh my! And I just made it go away. Six measurements of success. Here it goes. Is
0: it in Evernote?
1: No, it's in my oh, Dropbox. Okay. Oh, all right. And I went on airplanes, so it's not there. <laughs> Okay, well, let's see if we can put it together and I think we can put it up somewhere. Uh, Okay, so you've got attendance and, you know, are you growing numerically? Another one is growing spiritually and the way you...
0: And we get a lot of pushback and, well, you can't measure spiritual growth. Yeah, you can. Yeah, absolutely you can. Right. And if you're not... You probably aren't moving forward with spiritual growth in your congregation.
1: Right. So, how many people? What percentage of your attendance is actually uh, participating, right, in a group, uh, in a, a group, a small group,
0: an adult faith formation
1: group, faith formation, spirituality centered, not a discussion group. Well, not I Sunday, mean, you can do, not Sunday school, not Sunday school, not reading a book or anything else where you're doing real work. And I would add today in a discipleship group and. Or grouping that you're, you know, one-on-one, two-on-one with someone else, right? right? Um, A micro group. Right. And and another ways of of, uh, measuring growth, and this is connected to spiritual growth, is stewardship are your people growing in their stewardship are you seeing people who are moving from one percent of their uh one percent of their giving to two percent have they doubled have they you know added a thousand dollars or a hundred dollars and what's
0: your per capita giving is your per capita right. giving growing
1: right okay. okay so you've got giving the stewardship the spirituality we miss baptisms i was just going to go oh, okay. back to that All that's right. Evangelism. Right. evangelism So you're going to ma- measure evangelism and baptisms Yes, under the age of 18, but most importantly, over the age of right. 18, where people are actually able to make that decision on their own.
0: Less biology, biological growth, right. and more conversion growth.
1: Okay, yeah, thank you. All right, so what was that evangelism? Uh, another way of measuring growth is participation. What, uh, what percentage of your, um, uh, of your attendance right is participating within the life of the church and not just
0: sunday morning worship but in the the life life of the church right
1: exactly the
0: community reputation
1: community reputation that is my favorite one that's where you go out into the community and you've got people knocking on doors asking about that church up the street or asking about oh that uh methodist church that's up there on the main street and you're waiting do have they heard of the church what do they know about the church? And if you do, and what's this, the general impression? What is their impression? What? Well, what do they know about it? Right. You know, and then you're writing down the words they use. Are they positive? Are they negative? And what or neutral? Or neutral? Right. Or anything? I mean, we've been to right. a lot of churches and have done this, do, done the neighborhood canvassing, and they never have heard of the church. Right. Or and it could be a prominent church. There have been those cases. The church is prominent, and they know nothing. Or in one case. People knew the church, but they said they didn't know the church because that church had had so much public conflict, they just had wanted to blank it out. Okay, so there's that, there's missional uh, involvement, so how, uh, you know, not just your per capita giving, but... How are your people involved in mission with that, um, beyond, outside the church, yeah, beyond, beyond the, the church? walls of the church, right? right? Yeah. So, I mean, basically, I think that's it. I'm not sure. They're not in the order that I usually remember them.
0: All right. So here's the deal, folks. Is If you, if you don't have metrics for success, if you haven't laid that out, right. you don't know whether you're having success or not. So when it comes to defining success, pick your matrix. And it really doesn't make a difference too much what matrix you pick. You can do the traditional, the four Bs, but Bucks, budgets, and baptisms, but as long, you know, which I think is pretty superficial, but the bottom line is whatever it is as you define it, you need to measure it so you know whether you are succeeding in those things. Now,
1: wait, wait, ahead. And one more piece to that is how you're gonna measure it. Okay, it's one thing to know you're going to measure it, but you've gotta be clear about what your metrics for that are, right? What, what is that going to look like if you're going to measure bucks, what kind of bucks? more bucks percentage bucks uh um, to budgetary bucks oranges to oranges right, right. Yep. You, you just be clear so,
0: so that you can go from one year to the next to the exactly. next or one month or one quarter or whatever and measure right that and okay. you can explain it so with with that and remember we're talking about the role of the successful lead pastor now you have some metrics for success let's talk about the role of the pastor and I, I just want to i just want to hit on this because I do want to spend a good bit of time about responsibilities and tasks, but the, the reality is, folks, is how did you decide or how do you know what the role of the lead pastor is? The, the, the role of the lead pastor according to whom? Yeah. Your job description? According to what? So there's three ways that I've identified over the years, and I, and I, I teach this pretty significantly. Um, there's three ways in which we find our Define the role of the lead pastor. First, is traditional, and when I say traditional, what I mean is typically what people have sat down in the pews and watched the pastor do, and said, "Well, that must be what pastors do." And you know, though the pastor, you know, the pastor preaches, the pastor keeps office hours, the pastor visits the sick, the the pastor, and the shut-ins, and the you know, they've seen things and they've decided in their own mind traditionally this is what they do. Now there's like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. It creates some problems. A lot, a lot of, of us have. inherit that. Right. We inherit that. It, exactly right. And, you know, let's be honest. When you were raised in church, you saw it. If you were raised in church. Yeah. You saw what the pastor did. And that was your first impressions yep. of what a pastor's role was. The, the problem with that is this tradition. Right. It's just handed down and it's just common knowledge. And, you know, that, that common knowledge is uh, often not really common. And it goes from one person to the next and one church to the next.
1: Yeah, well, and when you've got any kind of conflict going on in your church, often this is like the <laughs> basic, uh, what yeah. gets pinpointed. The pastor doesn't come visit to. me. The
0: pastor right. doesn't live in the community. It the doesn't pastor doesn't live in the
1: office. But they're traditional. I mean, that's that's what you get. And even with younger people who come in, you'll see that if they've got a church background, that can that can uh, also sway them. And <clears> it's newer members, and particularly people who've come in through baptism who don't have those expectations necessarily that we uh, that we can see the changes. But tradition is really haunting and yep, getting in the yep. way of a lot of well, ministry. Well, well, Jim
0: Collins talks about culture, which is kind of the tradition of the church. Sure. And he says that culture eats strategy for breakfast and lunch. So all the great strategies in the world go right out the window when culture comes in and takes a sure. big bite out of it. Yeah. All right, so that, so, so tradition that's is the first. The second, though, is, is training. Um, we're both seminary trained. Um, not everyone is. There's a whole lot of, a lot of pastors out there who went to Bible school. Some just were, were raised up within the congregation and ra- ordained that way. But if, if you've gone to Bible school or you've gone to seminary, you got trained in what the role of the lead pastor is. And the problem is that we found now it's not universal. There are a few seminaries and Bible schools that have moved into this generation, but most seminaries and Bible schools are teaching or training pastors for churches that don't exist anymore. If 1954 ever comes back, or 1970 ever comes back, we've got well-trained pastors who can handle that. But that culture is long gone. The world of Christendom, where everyone really knew the Bible stories and all the rest is gone. And so this training, by and large, is not all that helpful because it often matches the the traditional stuff.
1: Right, (laughs) it does. I mean, come on, it does, exactly. Another part of that training is that we're training people for um, uh, dying churches. Really, we are not training for churches that are, are vital, that are vibrant. growing, are vibrant, right? So what we're training in isn't really what our churches need today. It's, it's,
0: it's, it's we're training a status quo, how to maintain status quo, and, which um, is killing us. Which is killing which, us. Uh, right. right. It, Status quo you, is killing us. Yeah. Right. Well, By it is right? right. Status
1: quo. A church is either growing or it's it's declining. Right. And, and if when it's you're, on plateau, it, yeah, that's
0: a stage of decline.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, all the training aside, let's talk about the Bible. I mean, the Bible has something to say about success. Well, and and, and, that's, and the role of the pastor, and the role of the pastor. And that's, that's right? the
0: key, folks. Is that the the the, the Bible is ought to be the authority somewhere in defining all this because the founders set it up. He trained 12 guys, really poured his life into three guys, and they expanded it. They created the church, you know, per se, um, the church as we understand it. What would it. become the church. What would become the church, and, uh, and, and, and Paul went with that, and he was trained by them, as a matter of fact. And, and, and so, you know, the Bible's kind of the authority. You know, in terms of at least where we ought to start when it comes to defining the role of pastor.
1: You know, it's just, I'm, I'm kind of smiling because I'd never thought of this before, that Jesus tamed the three and then the, and the 12 who went out and then there there were more, and Paul comes along and it's some of the more, Barnabas, right, who is the one who trains him so wow, they were doing a really great job of passing it down, of teaching, of teaching what is the role of the pastor teaching 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 and holding them accountable paul held himself accountable to to peter and, to Jerusalem uh, and right to, right exactly so there's that accountability that comes up but they were training and releasing training and releasing training and releasing but when the role of the pastor is learning how to file and how to do pastoral care oh, come on you, know, yeah. you got to
0: be able to, you have to be able to print a really good um A really good bulletin as well and a newsletter. Really? Yeah. I don't think so i'm sure that's one of the one of the top jobs of Well, uh, you
1: know i did interview for a denominational position uh a number of years ago and one of the questions was did i have a good running car and the other question was how was i uh how what how was my facility with things like word and um uh what are some publisher, publisher and, right, and whatnot then. yeah because i would need to be doing the newsletters there we
0: are there you are so that's the top top priorities okay so okay. here's us Luke look at scripture, what's the role of the pastor there? Of course, you have to look in the New Testament, not the Old Testament. The role of the pastor in the Old Testament, a little different. But the role of the New, Test- in New Testament, we, we have really, there's a number of examples, but I, and if you've been watching this very long, you know there's two of our favorite verses or passages we hang on to. First is Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, where it talks about the role of paid staff, if you will, the role of staff in a church, and their role of the staff is to equip the saints to do the work. Equip the saints to do, equip the membership to do what the membership is right. meant to do, which is pretty much virtually everything in the church. But notice this, the staff's in charge and is training the members to do what needs to get done.
1: Well, and let's go just back to 4, uh, eleven. Some were, it was given, Jesus gave to some to be evangelists, others to be pastors, right? Others to be uh, teachers, uh, teachers and prophets, preachers and prophets, exactly. And Oh, I thought I said evangelists up front. Oh, well, I don't do them in order, as you well know. So, yeah, I mean, it's summer this, summer that, summer that, summer that, summer that, not end all be all. Right. Right.
0: You have to, The larger your church, the more staff you have to have. Yeah. And et cetera. But, well,
1: and and even a smaller church, volunteer staff is where, you know, you've got to be raising up, looking for those gifts, raising people up and into them.
0: Okay, so... That's the that's the first piece. Now, there's a second piece that we, second passage we point out, and that's Acts 6, because it's a really good example of how the early church put into practice what Paul said. Now, Paul probably, obviously, the early church practiced first, so Paul wrote about them or vice versa, but it's a good reflection. Here it is. Acts 6, you know, they have a problem in the food pantry, food pantry management issue, and the church goes to the pastoral status. We don't we know what to do. And what does what the, the, the pastors do? They say, the staff gets together and they say, hey, folks, here's how you solve the problem. We're not going to solve the problem. You're going to solve the problem. Go find seven people who are known to you. So they have a reputation. They, they have a reputation for making wise decisions. And they have a reputation for being spiritual leaders. Put them in charge. Um, call us in the morning. We've got things to do, which is about growing the church.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, then be very, very explicit about that. We are our role is to uh, teach and pray. I mean, there it was: preach slash teach and pray. Right. This and is not right. the the. That's not our our deal.
0: And remember that preaching in that first century church, preaching didn't happen to the members. Preaching happened out in the public. It was proclamation. It was evangelism. It was sharing the good news with those outside the kingdom to bring them in. They were growing the church. So. And they said, nothing gets in the way of that. Nothing gets in the way of that. So the role of the lead pastor is to equip the saints to do the work. That's their role. But, you know, the reality is, and the reality is, is that ultimately Peter and his group was responsible for everything that happened in the church, okay? The problem is, and and that's how it is today in the church, pastor, you're responsible for 100% of everything that goes on or doesn't go on in the church. Everything. If there's a leaky faucet, you're responsible because that's a part of the church stuff. If if the churches are growing, you're responsible. Da, 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 da. Go ahead.
1: But you're not responsible to fix it. You're responsible to call the person in the property committee or whatever that well, you are has responsible that to fix responsible. it, But you're
0: not responsible to be the fixer. To do it, I, you're I, we need to make yeah. Well, that's what we're getting. Well, every
1: I know, but every time you say that. I I know, I see people cringe and I just go, oh my gosh, you know, because what people are saying is, oh my gosh, I have to be, yeah, oh my gosh, I have to be able to fix this. Well... We remember the parsonage we lived in, uh, we won't say where, and the grass was getting a little uh, little long, and there was the grass between the church and the, the parsonage. They, they were right, on the right, same priest property. House. Right, yeah. And someone said something about the grass, and I said, so who cuts the grass? They said, the pastor does. I said, like, <laughs> hell, you say? Because <laughs> that was not my job description. Or uh, my first pastorate was an associate pastorate, and I was working with our kiddos, and somebody stepped up the toilet and so there's Nasty water all over the floor, and I called. I, all I could think, I guess, I called you, and I'm like, they didn't teach me how to do this in seminary, right? I mean, <laughs> Things so, you didn't learn. <laughs> so right. I mean, ultimately, I was responsible, but not to blame for that water, or, but for more, I, more I to everywhere. fix it everywhere, right? You're, or to you're fix you're it. you were
0: responsible to get to it make fixed.
1: The, yeah, to make the phone call. So I just right. want to have clarity about that.
0: Well, right. and, and I, I always say I always start off what I say because for shock value. I mean, for people go, what? I'm responsible for everything yes but you see you can't do everything and ever reach success right okay there's the key and they can't be blamed for it well they can blame you because they always do okay but here but you can you're responsible for everything but you can't do everything and be successful so we have to limit and again everything has to get done that that leaky faucet is costing you or your church money it's got to be fixed that's why you have a property team if you if you're a church that's large enough to have a property team and if not then that's why we have funds in the bank to call the plumber and get it fixed, or t- at least have someone turn off the water. It, if you don't know how to do that, you ask someone who's been there for 22 years. You know they know how to do it. But the, the the key is, folks, is although you're ultimately responsible for everything, the buck stops at your desk if you have a desk. But the buck stops with you. But you can't do everything, and in fact, the more you do, the less success you personally. Or your church will experience.
1: It's true. It's true. Wow. Wow. Wouldn't that be an awesome study? Here's my little sociologist in me to look at your church growth and do that in uh, uh, looking then at how much you do in the church, how much time you spend in the office, how much time you're in meetings, how many Bible studies you're leading, blah, blah, blah. And then look at that against what? How your those measures of success, reputation, growth? Just let's do evangelism and well, it's, baptisms. It's been pointed out growth.
0: that when Paul was in Ephesus, I think it was Ephesus, where he was doing the um, he was a tent maker with April, Aquila and Priscilla, uh-huh. and that 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 story at it, least it, it's implied that he didn't get much success there. Until relief like came that. from the Philippians who wrote the check, remember they they sent support, it freed him up from his bivocationalism so he could put full time work and energy into the into the ministry. He, he was able to do less do less so that he could do more. Anyway, here's the key: we need to wrap this up. Yeah, and I we want do. To talk about we got a five responsibilities that you can't delegate and you can't neglect. You have to, you have, these are the five things, pastor, you have to do. And um, we've been teaching this since, wow, I don't know, for 10 or 15 years now, at least. At least. And, And the bottom line is, if you're doing more than these five things, those are the things you need to be delegating out and getting rid of, because these five things... Are the things that will grow your church and make and build success.
1: So get ready, get a pen to pencil, paper, I, whatever that thing is called, pen, eye pencil. pencil, and get ready to write these down and uh, and see one if you're doing them or not. And then later on you can add to your list. And I've got to put it's the to little commercial. <laughs> yeah, the little commercial here is if you're doing that others or you disagree. Make an appointment. Let's talk about that. Okay, ready? All right.
0: So, five things. Number one, and these are in order. Number one is conspicuous spiritual practices. Pastor, if you are neglecting your interior life, if you're neglecting your devotional life, your prayer life, you have nothing to give. There's a key word there besides spiritual practices, yes, and that's conspicuous. People need to see you. They need the model. You know, people blame Paul a lot. because Say he was, you know, he, he was just an arrogant guy, all ego man. Look at me. Follow my example. No, he wasn't arrogant. He was saying, you need an example. You need to, you need to look at people. He, and he was real clear he wasn't perfect. Go read Romans. You know, I'm the worst of the worst. But he said, you need a model. Pastor, you need to be modeling. People need to see you praying. They need to see you in devotional and doing devotional time and et cetera. So conspicuous spiritual practices, number one.
1: Okay, the second one is mission and vision alignment. We talk about vision and mission. We're not talking about it today, but you are responsible to for making sure everything in your church is aligned with that vision and mission how are how are your events promoting your vision and your mission how is your preaching promoting your mission and your vision writing it down every week when you write your sermon how is this promoting our mission and vision over and over and over again so clarity about that mission and vision you can walk, watch a previous episode of church talk Or just stay tuned because there will be more. But how, How right? How is this aligned? And where is it not aligned? You know, again, put on your calendar, make a mark every three months. March is coming. And uh, where have we strayed? And this is another good reason, another ad for why you need a coach. All right. Number
0: three, evangelism. You, You don't get to pass this off as well as church's responsibility. Pastor, if you're not doing evangelism, your church isn't doing evangelism. Now, Remember that evangelism isn't knocking on doors. Hey, if you die tonight, you know, not sure you go to heaven. That doesn't work anymore. It did in the 1980s, but it doesn't work now. But here's the deal is practicing evangelism, building relationships with unchurched people, committing, committing your time with them and helping them see the gospel in you. And of course, hopefully yeah, seeing see it gospel. in your congregation. So evangelism one of those things you can't delegate nor neglect.
1: But make sure you're not the only one doing it, okay? That's really another deal. Yeah, you're responsible for it, and no, you can't delegate it, but you better be teaching. modeling, it, modeling Model and teach. and teach. Training. Teach yep. and teach. Okay, four is team development. Okay, we keep saying you're not in this alone. There are gifts. There are many different uh, m- many different gifts. There are these five roles, uh, right, in Ephesians four one one. Five-fold ministry, the question is, who's on your team and how are you developing? Them? How are you developing others? But then how are you bringing those people together in team-like activities?
0: Effective, effective staffing for vital churches oh, talks, yeah. about, talks about your dream teams. You need two dream teams, an administrative team and a ministry team to make it all happen. And you want to make sure those are the right people in the right seats doing the right thing. Last is fundraising. No pastor ever wants to hear this. But the bottom line is, Pastor, we're not talking about the stewardship drive. We're talking about fundraising, and that comes down to your preaching. It comes down to your understanding how to do fundraising in your church. We're not talking about bake sales or, or trying to fleece the neighborhood and teach them, teach the whole neighborhood that, yes, exactly, you're right. The only thing we want from you is your money, so come to our rummage sale. It's not about that. We
1: love you. Yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah, we love you, but we want to love your money. Please come to our bazaars and, and pay for our bills. Um, the bottom line is, is that, folks, pastor, you need to understand fundraising in a church today. And we talk about this a lot. I have resources for it, but it and it's more than your annual stewardship drive. It's an ongoing yeah. thing. You should only talk about money in the pulpit as often as Jesus talked about money in, with the crowds. Oh, oh wait a minute. It. He talked about that more than anything else except for the kingdom of God. He talked about money because people's relationship with wealth is a huge deal. Folks, we are out of time, but those oh are the five gosh. responsibilities. You can't delegate or neglect. We've defined success for you um, I, or you're defining success for you. you, you know how to measure it. Folks, this is, this is an episode that you wanna bank on because it will help you grow your church. And
1: share it with your people, your leaders in your church. Use it as part of your team building time.
0: There we are. We have to go. All right, see you next week.
1: I <laughs> have a good week. Bye.